Hello everyone and welcome to the Coltrane Podcast. My name is Shane Brennan and I'm the Chief Executive of the UK Coltrane Federation. I'm also the host of this unique podcast, an opportunity to talk to and hear from the key leaders that run the businesses that make up the cold chain here in the UK and around the world. Also a place to discuss the innovations and technologies that are shaping today and the future of our industry. It's been a little while since I last uh, ran one of these podcasts. It's probably been too long, actually. Last October, I think, was the last one. But we're back with a bang today with a really, really uh, compelling conversation with one of the uh, key leaders in our in, in the cold chain federation in the UK uh, cold storage industry, um, Andrew Baldwin of Reed Bordow. More from him in a moment. But before I get on to that, I really sort of reflect on the start of a really exciting year for the Cold Chain Federation. 2021 closed with a huge amount of, of momentum, loads of new members joining the Federation, lots of really positive feedback. Um, and as we enter 2022, we're really sort of looking to build on that positive momentum. Really excited that earlier this month, we were able to launch our new Cold Chain News magazine, which is a relaunch of a well-established uh, industry title with loads more content coming from the base that we've built as a federation for insight, for knowledge, for, for these key interviews like, like we're going to get today. And it's been really well supported. Thank you to all the advertisers that have got involved in that magazine and to all the members that have made contributions. We're also launching this week the Cold Chain Live conference, the, back, the first serious industry-wide national conference for the Cold Chain with you know a real who's who of speakers from within our industry as well as really exciting outside voices put it in your diary now 8th and 9th of september 2022 at the birmingham international conference center we set out on a mission three years ago as an organization to establish a a unique professional forward-looking voice for this industry and the cold chain live conference is just one of the ways alongside cold chain news that we're going to deliver um deliver on that promise i've also got to talk to you about something that i'm really really proud and excited about at the start of this year we launched our cold chain platinum club now that is an opportunity for some of the key suppliers of services and insight and knowledge that make the cold chain possible to be able to strategically partner with our organization. And they've made a substantial investment through the Platinum Club in supporting our events and our magazine and our activities and really making it possible for us to invest in our industry for the benefit of everyone. So thank you incredibly to our Platinum Club partners, Star Refrigeration, Unicarriers, Train Technologies and Cooperative Power, four companies that are going to really help us and be partners with us in delivering all our programs. Of course, they're not our only partners. We've also got a range of other supporters getting involved in all our activities. And that's the thing, our unique not-for-profit community where we're really focused on those key issues facing the future of our industry. So a really great start to our year. We're really optimistic and excited about the year ahead and we really look forward to sharing it with you. Take a look at our website, look at the programme. If you've got any questions, get in touch with me or Sharon or the rest of the team. Um, but in the meantime, let's get on with today's podcast and let's hear from our guest, Andrew Baldwin from Reed Bordow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cold Chain podcast. Um, it's been a little while since we, since we last had a, a conversation um, with one of our Cold Chain leaders, um, like we've been doing throughout the last couple of years. Um, I'm delighted that today um, I'm able to bring you a conversation with someone who's what leads one of the cold chain institutions of the UK, and that's the Reed Bordow business based in Borough Bridge. Um, Andrew Baldwin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me at last. At last, absolutely. And as, I, um, as I, we were talking about before, Andrew was one of the first people in cold chain I met. He was part of the interview panel that brought me into 
the FSDF as it was at the time. So um, he's to blame for, for everything that's gone since, I reckon. I was just about to say, I don't regret a minute of it. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> I'm, pl- I'm, ple- I'm pleased <laughs> to hear it, Andrew, nor do I. Um, but um, so these conversations are just a chance for us to um, you know, talk about where things are at in the industry, talk a little bit about your background and, 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 and the Reboard Our Business and sort of some thoughts on where we are and where we're heading and how the Federation is supporting the industry. Um, But before we get into that, can I just ask you for a quick sort of post-Christmas sort of update on how things are going for you guys up up at Rebordal and how the team are coping and how you've got through things? Um, Things have quietened down, I'm glad to say. Uh, We've seen uh, the frenetic nature before uh, Christmas. Um, COVID was still very... Uh, present uh, but things have got back to a sense of normality we still have the the driver problem which I'm sure we'll cover on 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 later but yeah there's there seems to be a sense of normality about the marketplace which I'm I'm I'm, I'm pleased to say yeah I'm, I'm pleased and I think that's the case across the board I think it was a pretty heroic uh, effort that we needed to be had to make sure we got through and and, and delivered the smooth Christmas that we, that we largely did across the cold chain I think it did. I, I do. I, I do agree. I think all in all, it was relatively a, 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 a good Christmas. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, well, thank, thank you to everyone who works at, at Reboard Island across the industry for that. Um, so, Andrew, like I say, these podcasts are my chance to sort of you know, to do the this is your life thing and talk a little bit about people's backgrounds and people will know you in your role as managing director of the storage business for Reboard Um but can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry in the first place and, and how, how you've ended up where you are? Wow, there's a long story. Uh, I've been with Rebod All, I'm proud to say, for th- uh, coming up to 30 years now. Um, I started uh, way back when it was Allerton Cold Storage, um, a little cold store based uh, just uh, outside North Allerton. Um, through that time, obviously 30 years of Rebod All, I've seen quite a few changes. Um, Certainly, growth has been a, a big factor in, in in the in the business. Um, Read but all the the inception of came through when Alton Cold Storage purchased Wilson's Transport back in the very early nineties. Um, uh, we then bought a, bought a plot of land in Borough Bridge, and uh, we've grown from there. Uh, now operating a one hundred sixty eight thousand pallet store or stores at the Burbridge site. So, yeah, there's, there's, it's been quite a, a, a good growth. For me personally, um, I've seen all aspects of the business. I, I was the operations director for, for quite a few years um, and, and then of recent years taken over the role of managing director. Um, the good thing about Reed Budall, we're always looking for the next thing. We're always evolving. Um, and so it's certainly been an, a, an exciting time for us. We've never really sat, sat back on our laurels. We've always looked to, to, to grow the business and, and that ethos hasn't really changed. Yeah, and you've always led the way. I mean, I did call you an institution and I wasn't playing there. That Rebuild really is an institution within the UK and actually internationally your reputation goes, goes before you. I mean, the question that obviously immediately jumps out when everyone talks to, to, to yourselves and I've asked you privately before I know, why is Rebuild still a single site operator? When, when, when everyone else started to diversify and have lots of different sites around the country, you've always just grown within your footprint of, of, of the operation at Borough Bridge. And what's the thinking behind that over the years? Uh, I, I, again, we, we, we obviously had the ability to grow on, on our site here. We, we, we spoiled with where we were actually located um, uh, in, in North Yorkshire. Um, we, we, we saw the benefits of, of moving stock around the country 
only once from here to its end destination and that that ethos has, has worked has served as well do i think it's it's sustainable i probably don't i think we've got to a point where we've we've met saturation at burbridge whilst we still want to grow do i think the the answer is here i, I don't and i think we, we've got things in 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 the plans to to look at elsewhere uh, but that's not for today that's uh, for, uh, further down the line but yeah it's it served as well um i'm not saying this model is right and it would uh, uh, sue everybody but it certainly has benefited our our profile but but what it has meant is you've had that continuity of people um linked very much better in the local community that you operate within and whenever you've grown you've grown from that core without any even geographic separation between between your sort of the old and the new across your site we have you're absolutely right shane we've uh, we've we've, i've got staff who've been with with the business as long as long as i have um and that's a good wealth of knowledge and wisdom there and it's for some reason it it it's built like as you've used the word institution it certainly has built a bit of an institution around here it's uh, it's it's been a steady uh, uh business and people have have, have enjoyed that and, and we've we've been spoiled with our staffing i think that's one of our key components is the staff we have actually working here yeah and in terms of the sort of cold chain work that you do i mean i mean most people who listen to this would know you and know this without me having to ask you but maybe there'll be some that, that don't now, within the sort of cold chain operations sort of where do you fit where do, what are sort of what sort of things are you storing and what sort of customers are you dealing with obviously no names i i i, I think people often see us as as, a, as very much a, a retail orientated uh service provider um it's we we certainly do a large volume into the retail on on the fmcg side of of, of work fast moving uh day one for day two kind of operation but that's not that's not only us we we, we do try to offer a plethora of services uh to, to to all our customers food service uh blast freezing business to business uh repacking operations picking we try to cover all all bases but i think our our main lead is certainly the the high volume uh, customer wanting to get high volume into the retail world that's probably our bread and butter yeah. and, and you've basically adapted what you do with the, that, the the dramatic change that we've seen in retailing you know year to year era to era Rebordale's basically adapted and met the needs of those retail businesses and others throughout haven't it we have and probably to a degree influenced it as well uh, uh, by our ability to serve uh, we've probably influenced that that marketplace we, we we know the amazon of the world where it's order it today and get it tomorrow we've tried to push that into a into a uh, a frozen food situation and and to a degree it's worked very well for us it's served as well as i say mm. and and also obviously you know rebuild is, is a is a major warehousing operation one of the biggest well, well, certainly at one point the biggest site in Europe, if not still. Um, but also, obviously, you have a very large distribution fleet, which I know isn't your direct responsibility. But the, the, the synergy between those two things has always been at the core of the offer, hasn't it? It is. We, we are two, two separate businesses, but we are uh, two sides of the very same coin. Uh, we, it's, the relationship is sub-symbiotic. You couldn't be able to see the split. Without one, we don't have a successful model that's benefited us for quite some time but you, you're right our our fleet is as big as and as important as as the cold store operation um again the opportunity the stores can do work exceptional to to, to transport and transport by its own merits can do its own on transport work and, it, and from that perspective it does work very well 
Yeah, and I think everyone, no one, no one drives on the strategic road network without seeing the Reed Bordeaux livery um, at least at least once, if not many times, as they're, as they're driving around. Yeah, I might um, think that's a good thing as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I've become an anorak for that. You know, ever since I, I never really paid much attention until I joined the Cold Chain Federation, and now I sort of, I'm just an absolute t- track anorak, like most people in the industry are. Um, so, obviously, one of the things that, um, again, I've, I've relied on you heavily throughout the last, uh, last four years, Andrew, and, and your business generally, is, is understanding the kind of, the, the, the way to run a cold store, and particularly the, the innovation, the investments you make, the, the choices that you can make around how you, you know, how you kit, kit out cold stores and, and how, you, um, how you make the most value and run the most efficient operation. Um, can you sort of talk a little bit about how the sort of site's evolved in terms of, in terms of the phases it's been through and, and what are the main changes you've seen through that time in terms of your, what you've learned about those sort of facilities? I certainly can. I, th- I think it's fair to say uh, on on site here to to break it down into its 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 granular level is uh, we are four st- independent cold stores on, on one site. If we had a blank canvas, would we paint this same picture? Probably not. It's it's down to organic growth, how we've evolved over the years, um, and 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 as we've got land purchased land and we've managed to fit different size cold stores so it wasn't a it, it wasn't a strategic move to, to to build the site as we have however what it does allow us to see is from our early days of a, a cold store in back in 1992 of two and a half thousand pallets uh, and the infrastructure there and how we've evolved into our latest uh, store which opened up uh, April last year uh, the technology has certainly moved on, but it's all been based on the same theme. Uh, I think one thing what I, which I, I must uh, express upon is the fact that uh, we've aligned ourselves with partners through the whole of the history of Reed Bodall. Today, as much as when we first started back in the in the early 90s, we're using the same people um, that's allowed us to, to build the business we have today. And I think that's absolutely key. Uh, the people we deal with understand our business and they are true partners in our operation every day. Take, for example, our, our refrigeration company. We've worked with them for 30 years now. Not, on, not only do they design our plant, uh, they install it and to this very day maintain it. And I think that's absolutely critical for any business now to have trusted partners who are far better than what we are doing their skill set, which is in this instance refrigeration. So how do you reassure yourself in that context, which obviously is a, you know, it shows how successful it's been over the years for you, but how do you, um, how do you satisfy yourself that you are at the cutting edge of the innovation opportunities if, if you're working with the same partners? How, how do you and your partners go to the market to see, you know, what's out there and, and, how to, and, and what, what might be best for you? Well, I think I think the answer there is is again uh, we understand the metrics of our business, uh, we understand our consumption, uh, we're able to see how store our our first store compares to our last store, um, the, 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 half the size, twice the uh, consumption of energy. So you can see the the evolution, if you will, of of storage, um, and 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 that's only been by the help of of our partners bringing new technologies to us for us to be able to see and prove against what's what else is in the marketplace it's about never sitting still always moving 
Yeah. And I guess uh, the benefit of, of it all being in the same physical geographic location is that you don't have any other sort of X factors to, to control don't. for. You know, you, you know, the same climate, same, same weather on the same days, all those sorts of sort of, you know, they're not the most important things, but they are, they are kind of factors, aren't they? They are, and the, so, so the template can be very much compared against, one against the other. And it has, it, like I say, it has served as well um, over, the, over the years. I mean, in terms of the sort of, so, so you know, as you say, you know, the, the, the store you built in 92 compared to the most recent extension, which you've only just opened, as I know, um, to, your, to your, um, your last store or your, your youngest store. Um, what's, what are the things that are different about the construction or the, or the fundamentals of those stores that, that drives that change? The construction, the, 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 the composite panels, um, the, the, obviously the technology's moved on, it's, it's, it's a better insulate, uh, the, the, the compressors we're using, uh, the, there's so many uh, small nuances which, which fun fundamentally don't appear to be that different, but when it comes down to it, uh, are quite large changes. Uh, so the, the, the plant room's more efficient, uh, the, the, the condensers, the, 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 the evaporators, you know, every, everything, all on the same theme, but technology has moved on. Yeah, isn't the, the British cycling team, the Olympic winning cycling team, the aggregation of marginal gains? Absolutely um, right, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and I know that's something that, you know, um, people that have involved in the readable board albums over the years, someone like Gary Tilburn, who I still see, speak to, he's on our board alongside yourself, yep. he would always talk about the, the things that he was doing back in the day to... To really sort of change the sort of attitude to that sort of thing, you know, the day-to-day -day maintenance and day-to-day -day operational importance of doing the right things in order to keep down costs and drive efficiencies. Absolutely, absolutely right. And that 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 ethos has not changed to this day. I mean, he, he, like I say I go on about the partners. Doesn't mean I won't challenge uh, and, and looking at. There's no stupid question uh, when when it comes to to how the plant operates. The efficiency of the plants, uh, whether that be set points or, or otherwise, everything's challenged. You know the power factors. The, you know the it, 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 nothing's off the table. Mm -hmm. um, at the moment, as you know, Tom, Tom Southall, our policy director, is working on a uh, on a cold store of the future report. And one of the questions that sort of I've been literally talking to him about today has been, you know, uh, you know, when we talk about the, the cold store in twenty fifty, you know, will it be a kind of Jetson style kind of fundamentally different looking thing to what it is today or will it be you know, just a yet more improvement on what it is today do you have a sort of sense of or a view on on that do you think there are any game changes out very good question I mean the, the technology of cold storage hasn't really changed in the last 40 years we we, we dabbled in different gases uh, ammonia used to be the staple then we tr tried to move into gases and now we're back to ammonia so the, the, the actual principles of cold storage has not really changed. Where do I see the fundamental shift? I am not sure. I mean, granted, as I've already mentioned, uh, composite panels will be, the, the, the insulation qualities will be get better. You will have a change of a compressor. Um, but the principles will not fundamentally change. Um, I, I think the only challenge you're going to really look at is, is automation to manual. But there's, there's already, it's already proven in this day and age that there's a marketplace for both elements. Yeah. And your site is largely manual, is that right? It's, it's all manual, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and um, and how, so how, do you, um, how do you sort of decide, well, why do you make that decision at every stage? And, and what, are there elements of automation that you're bringing in that aren't sort of, you know, literally crane lifts and, and, and all those sorts of things? I mean, what, how has that sort of side of things developed that, for you over the years? 
I think the technology we, we've we've we realized where our skill set is. Again, we go back to the template and our original template, um, and we've tried to, to carry on that uh, method. I think our technology has been in the change of, of the trucks we employ in, in the stores. They are becoming a lot smarter. Uh, there's a lot more information being being gained from from um, from the trucks. Fully automated uh, warehousing has absolutely got its place. Do I think it's right for us? Not based on our business model. I, I just, I just can't see it. As I said, you know, it's, it's, it's not right for us at this time. That's not to say we won't venture into that later. But certainly on this site, uh, we'll stick with our mobile racking with, uh, with uh, manual uh, trucks for now. Yeah, understood. Um, one issue that's literally, as, as we're speaking, about, about an hour ago, the Chancellor of Sheker was standing up talking about energy prices and energy bills and problems for the domestic consumer. No small issue for the, for the coal storage industry right now. And I know that someone, again, who's probably you're my first tutorial in how to go about looking at energy issues and energy costs was with yourself, um, sat in your office in my, in my early days. Um, how do you sense the, the issues around energy costs and the energy market right now and how it's going to impact on not necessarily just your business, but how it's going to impact on the coal storage sector in the year ahead? I think it's an area of real concern. Um, I, 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 it, everyone buys energy differently. Uh, there's, there's no set model to suggest how you should purchase you, your energy. I think what's demonstrated, certainly in the last six months, is the volatility of the market. Um, and, and I can only see it getting worse. Uh, what you've got to do is find alternatives uh, to actually reduce your consumption, whether that be looking at I don't know uh, CHP, uh, biomass, uh, wind PV, the, 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 there's there's a lot of alternatives out there. There's obviously a capex involved in this, uh, but I think there's there's absolutely a need now more so than ever to look after your future energy consumption and how you go about getting that energy. Um, it is definitely a, 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 certainly in our industry a real worry. So, so basically, you know, because because this 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 volatility and growing price pressure is here to stay, effectively, and you have to assume that. Therefore, taking yourself off the grid, effectively, and reducing your exposure to that volatility, is now the business case for that is stronger than it's ever been, if not increasingly compelling. Absolutely, stronger now than it ever has been. How how you go about that? Uh, I've looked at all options and and uh, and. It, there's again, there's no one fit suits all. There really isn't. Uh, I've got a few options which I'm looking at at the moment. Um, I've even looked at CHP on site here, uh, but then that's the, there's a dependency on, on gas for that. And I've looked at biomass. Uh, is it is is there enough power generated to to be able to facilitate my demands? Um, but it's certainly talking point. I'm I'm having regular discussions with various people on how we manage energy going forward. Um, so yes, it is, it is a real area of concern. I think, I, th- I think to me this is probably one of the areas that is the sort of defining potential difference point between now and 30 years from now is the extent to which coal stores are looking after themselves when it comes to generating energy rather than, rather than relying on the grid. Although, you know, there are pros and cons. And I think it's sort of, uh, you know, as the grid decarbonises and becomes less exposed to some of the other risks, maybe then that's the future as well. But I think this is, a, one, of the, this is one of the debating points that will run throughout the Coal Chain Federation activities for the next uh, next decade. Oh, I, I, th- I absolutely agree, and I, I think there's a lot of discussion to be had. Um, I think there's a lot more support needed in this area as well. Not 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 necessarily just for our industry, but uh, industry at large, uh, because it is it is a real area. As I said, I go back to the the, the fact that there's been 
it's been relatively managed for quite a few years. It's just recently seen some horror, horrendous spikes, yeah. which really do does need to be dealt with. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it obviously it's impacting on us within our bit of the supply chain, but it's impacting on the producers, it's impacting on the retailers, and it's just filtering through into into the inflationary pressure on everybody, which has a has a as yet to be unpredictable effect on what's going to be the demand profiles and things. And I and I guess from a, and that's a sort of general management point, I guess you've probably when I talk to people like yourself, Andrew, and all the other culture leaders, I guess your management skills have been tested like none other during the last couple of years when it comes to things like forecasting and normal patterns. And how, what have you learned, do you think, over the past couple of years about, about, about you know, running, running a cold storage business in, a, in an unpredictable <laughs> crisis-led time? Trust nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Only believe it when it's happened. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, forecasting, I mean, it's, it's, it's been... It's, I mean, we, 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 we could talk about the, 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 the markets at the moment. We, we, what, in a, certainly in the short term, we're in a period of flux, I believe. I think storage is available, but because of suppressed manufacturing due to labour losses and raw material supply, I think it suggests a false picture. So the forecasts that I'm getting at the moment don't match actual, and that's that's now when it's relatively calm. I do believe medium term we're going to see strong demand for storage as markets begin to rebalance with a rejuvenated ability to, to meet requirements. Uh, for their production capability, um, and and then again you, we 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 talk about forecasts. What does the long term picture look like? I actually do believe long term we're going to see see stability, in, in as much as as there's new space going to be coming into the marketplace. Um, but I do believe there's going to be old buildings leaving the marketplace. So there's going to be a while there will, there will be a net gain. Um, it 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 will still you know be, be relatively strong on on, yeah. on storage fundamentals fundamentals of the market are good you know, it, it, fundamentals it, it is but then again i mean as i say we, we look at the who who saw the last two years um you know so it's how 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 do you predict the future when you can't no. really look at the past either for that no. but and but but again i guess sort of, a ma- sort of a mantra that i've developed over the last year has been the kind of um uh, supply chain leaders, you know, are, are problem solvers, and they deal with the, the, the day-to-day crisis solving and man- or problem solving is what is what, what what we do best. And I think you know, businesses like Reboards Island have, have shown their ability to do that. They have indeed. They have. Yeah, it's, as I said, we've, we've gone through the toughest of times, and as a, as a as an industry where the majority of the country were either working from home or on furlough, I, certainly from my business, we furloughed. I think it was less than five percent of our staff, um, uh, and working from home just isn't a possibility unless you've got a really big uh, fridge freezer. Um, <laughs> we 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 were coming to work every day, and every day that that brought its own set of problems because in the early days of of, of the pandemic, there was really no help or guidance to how you should manage this this new situation. So it, it, we were solving problems then, uh, but we managed to keep going and managed to deliver a service, uh, which is a testament to the people who, who work in the industry. And it makes me so proud. I was obviously an observer to largely most of that, but it made me so proud that people just turned up to work. You know, you, so, it's very hard to underestimate how much uncertainty and, and, and almost fear there was in the general population at that time. And yet, 
your people were turning up at their warehouses, your drivers were turning up to drive, to drive and do their shifts and, 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 and things kept moving. And it was a, it was a real testament to, to, to us all or to, 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 those, to them all. Um, um, so I could talk all day, Andrew, as you know, and we, we often do um, when, when we get together as, as, as boards and discussions. Um, I also talk a little, a little bit in closing a bit about the Federation. You have obviously been involved in this Federation for, as, for a very long time and you've been involved in the leadership of the organisation for a very long time as well. Um, can you sort of, you know, just sort of, you know, obviously I'm listening, but I, you know, say, say, say what you think about, you know, why, why do you spend time and commit your, your, your valuable time to, to being involved in the Federation like, like CCF? First of all, it's, it's, it's a fantastic sounding board. Um, it's 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 shared problems, it's shared opportunities, it's shared discussions. Uh, where else can you get together with your competition and have wholesome conversations about things that are directly affect each and every one of you, and and very open and honest conversations as well. Um, I, I, we we spoke earlier about um, uh, I have long relationships and partnerships with 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 companies who've supplied me for many years, who I trust implicitly. Um, when I've spoken to my colleagues within the, the, the Federation, um, I think having that word of mouth assurance that these people are able to offer you a service, is, it's in itself is an accolade. Um, and, and I know I've shared uh, many contacts um, of suppliers um, with my fellows in the Federation. And I think that's, that's, for me, it's that sense of networking. It really is. Um, the Federation has always been a, a first go-to point. Should I have a problem, I would pick up the phone and speak to the Federation. And it's always been so. And, and, and not having that there, I'll be honest with you, I would struggle to find the support elsewhere. I really would. Yeah, Andrew, that's really compelling to me. And I think we've talked about that from the very early days. Um, that sense of a trusted network, that sense of being invested in, a, in an industry-wide conversation about how these problems are solved and getting the sort of very, you know, I think you said to me earlier, you know, you wouldn't take a cold call, but you would, but you, but you do, you know, meet and, and build up understanding of companies based on your the network that you you trust, which is a yeah, absolutely. And I would also say, I mean, with the federation, I think you 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 spoke about how I see the future. How do we react to the, to the marketplace today? How how do we change? Uh, how we're going to do business. I think it's fair to say, I mean, I've been involved uh, as a director with the Federation now for 11 years, and one thing I would absolutely uh, agree with is the Federation has reacted to the ever-changing times um, and, and managed to stay at the forefront of, 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 the, of the industry uh, and, and, and really represent both on a, on the, on a ground level dealing with every day but also at government level and I, and I think that's an absolute credit to 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 the to the team and and, and the whole industry as, as as a whole thank you yeah no that i yeah well of course i agree with that um, <laughs> someone who basically relies on you to pay my wages as among, among members, of course i agree with that um but um no it's uh, it's, it's important to say and i think you know We've had a period of massive growth, and 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 um, you know a number of additional companies have come into the family as as a result of the work we've been doing in the last two or three years. But you know, at its core is that ethos that you described there, which was set by yourselves and and and, and the core members over over many years. Yeah, um, I do think it's a case of um, it used to be um, I need to be a member of the federation. Now I think it's a case of I want to be a member of the federation, and that is a, a real fundamental. Mind, mindset change. Yeah. 
That's very pleasing to hear. I'm not, I don't fish for, I don't just run a podcast to fish for compliments, but you know, it's, a nice, <laughs> it's a nice side, it's a nice side effect. Um, but, um, well, Andrew, that's, that's very much, I mean, in terms of um, sort of the year ahead for you as a business and, and, and yourself, have you got any, uh, any sort of, you know, how are you feeling about the year ahead in terms of, in terms of the business and what's going to be coming? Um, I'm very mindful because I, I, I remember having a conversation with yourself. I thought 20, 2021 was looking like a really good year. <laughs> so I'm very, very careful not to overcommit. Um, I, I think we've certainly come out of the worst of it. I, I think uh, uh, we, we could talk about Brexit. I, I think Brexit's been somewhat disguised because of the, the, the pandemic that we, 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 we suffered. Um, but I'm, I'm waiting for that to play out. But I'm a lot more positive for this year and a lot more hopeful for um, some great opportunities to, to, to come our way. I really am. Me too, me too. And I, think, and I think ultimately good operators will survive, cope with the conditions they're in and, and, th- and, and thrive whether there's adversity or not. And I, can think, I, th- I don't think there's going to be the same adversity in 2022 there was in 2021. He says, touch wood, famous last words. Yeah, we'll come back to this podcast in a, in a year's time. Yeah, hostage to fortune. But um, it can't get worse, can it? <laughs> no, um, it but, um, but ultimately, like you say, and from a federation point of view, we've got so many exciting things going on and bringing everyone together and coming out of the pandemic, getting back face to face. I was just about to say, yeah, getting back together would be an absolute uh, bonus, I think, for everybody's yeah. sake. Yeah. And um, we're announcing later on this week the, uh, the, the, the first cut of the programme for, for Cold Train Live, which includes Andrew Baldwin as one of our speakers. So um, look out for that if you're listening and make sure you're there so we can, uh, we can talk face to face. Andrew, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. Um, thank you for being a guest on the Cold Chain Podcast. You're more than welcome, and thank you. Thanks, Dan. Excellent. That's our show. I'm always struck whenever I talk to Cold Chain leaders about how open and generous they are with their time, with not only with me, but with, with, with those, those around them in the industry. And Andrew is absolutely at the top of, of, of the list when it comes to that. His significant number of years working in what is um, one of the core businesses that has shaped the way the cold chain works in the UK, in, in Reed Bordal. Um, business that's definitely continuing to move forward, always doing new and exciting things, um, of which I'm sure there'll be more announcements uh, over the course of this year. Um, obviously, Andrew talked a lot about the energy price crisis, and that's an area that um, really concerns us in the Federation, and myself and Tom Southall are constantly looking at ways in which we can support, whether it's through our interventions with government or whether it's through um, our ability to, to share information intelligence across across the network and we'll continue to do that in the coming days and weeks and you also talked about you know how we cope with the coronavirus pandemic and this issue around unpredictability of forecasting for businesses and how they manage that and i think he was pretty self-deprecating about how strong the response of businesses have been in the face of that and certainly um they should he and his team should take great credit for what they have achieved and let's hope that do things do settle down and there is a bit more of a of a consistency to the to, to how things work through 2022 as i said at the outset this is a really exciting time for the federation huge amounts of new stuff coming up in 2022 um particularly our cold train live conference in in uh september but we've also got our parliamentary celebration, the first time we're taking the cold chain to Parliament on the 10th of May. We've got our summer party and celebrations um, in, in July and a whole raft of virtual events. So make sure you get involved. Check us out. Get on the website. If you're a member, then make sure you're getting involved, you and the rest of your team. If you're not a member, then why not? Get in touch. We, we can definitely do something for you. Um, and if not, then please just look after yourselves. Make sure you're engaging. Make sure you're sharing um, your knowledge and insights with others. And 
we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you very much and speak to you again next time on the Coltrane Podcast.